tip today in association with Slattery's of Pecan, your main Peugeot dealer for over 50 years in the Premier County. Slattery'sGarage.ie Thanks, Pat. Uh, welcome along to the second hour of Tip Today. Still getting a huge amount of uh, correspondence from you on the whole business of the property tax and that 10% increase. And we'll go back to it uh, a little later on in uh, the programme. But do keep your text and your uh, opinion coming into us on 0833113311 or indeed speak to Trudy on 1800938007. Legal discussion on Tip Today is brought to you in association with Lynch Solicitors Clan Mel on the web at lynchsolicitors.ie and at divorceinireland.com. John Lynch from Lynch Solicitors is with me in studio and he's cut down half a forest of trees <laughs> for the amount of paper he has with him today. Well, you, some, somebody said to me yesterday, I had to laugh, uh, they said, but I've read your website and it says you're paperless. Why have you got so much paper <laughs> on your desk, you know? And the reason for it is that there's a big L in paperless. It just means I have less paper than other lawyers. But invariably, if you want to read something, I don't know about everybody else who's listening here, but I mean, I just find that it's hard to beat the hard copy. Yeah, absolutely. You know? I have the very same, yeah. But yeah. even when you're reading something, uh, you know, it's just... And which brings me to what we're supposed to be talking about, which is road traffic accidents. And there was a couple of queries last week. And one of the queries that I was asked about was, what exactly are your legal responsibilities at the scene of an accident? So, do you know what I mean? What do you actually have to do? Or what, if you don't do it, what are the consequences of it, you know? And I took out Section 106 of the Road Traffic Act, 1961, as amended, as they say. And and for anybody out there who's interested in reading legislation, hope not too interested in reading that legislation. But if you did want to read legislation, always bear in mind that if you go back to, let's say, the 1961 Road Traffic Act, which was kind of the, the starting point for a lot of legislation around road traffic offences, always go to the Law Reform website because the Law Reform website provides a very good way of ensuring that you're getting up-to-date legislation because as you can imagine over however many years no matter what the legislation is you can have a whole load of different amending sections mm. and what the law reform commission does is it actually adds in all the amending sections now and that makes it very helpful to make sure when you're a fellow like me that you're kept up to date because mm. you could you know and we all have access to that have we We all have access yeah, that, to it, that's yeah. free there's no just google the yeah. law reform it's the beauty of the internet mm. it's the beauty beauty of what has happened with uh, the whole modern, it's one of the upsides to, you know, modern media and that, you know, but yeah, the Law Reform Commission do, do a mm. huge job in doing right. that. So it's that's the most up-to-date. It's the most up-to-date one. Yeah. But the, the first thing is that if you're involved in an accident uh, where there's injury either to property or to person, person or property. So in other words, if there's somebody injured or the car is damaged or a car is damaged and it's in a public place, you're obliged to do certain things as a matter of law. So when I say as a matter of law, because what we were talking about last week was what what we call civil law. So in other words, you know, involved in an accident, from my perspective as a solicitor by and large, I'm concerned with what, what's the legal liability between individuals. Whereas when you're in an accident situation, you also have to be aware of the fact that you have a responsibility under the, you know, and again, it sounds really terrible when you say under the criminal code, but if you know what I mean, mm. road traffic is 
technically under the criminal code. But when you're in a situation like that, the very first thing you've got to do is stop the vehicle. And it sounds so obvious, but and you may be stopped anyway by virtue of the accident. But I mean, your first obligation is to stay at the scene. So no, you must stop. If you don't stop the vehicle, you could be in serious trouble under the road traffic legislation. The other thing as well as that is that if, which is a new one, and don't ask me when it was brought in, but it's new insofar as when I looked at it, I wasn't aware of it being a responsibility under the law, as in under the criminal law, and that is that if somebody appears to need assistance, you're supposed to give it to them. So in other words, you can't ignore the fact that somebody may be injured or may look like they're injured or may need assistance. And if they do, you're obliged uh, to to uh, provide that assistance, right? Even if they're the people involved in the Even, accident exactly, with you, and exactly, uh, yeah. exactly. Okay. So if the injury has been caused, I didn't ever person, hear of that, John. Exactly. Well, yeah. and I put well, put put up my hand and say, neither do I. Right. But they haven't said that, Fran. If you knew your rules of the road and you were doing your test, you would have to know that because that's also, if you like highlighted in the rules of the road that this this is something i mean okay. i i found it really interesting uh, you know as a lawyer my i should be maybe possibly embarrassed by the fact that m- when my one of my kids was doing you know the test on the rules of sure. the road and asked me a particular scenario that i got it wrong and that you know i wouldn't i wouldn't have complied with the rules of the road if you know what i mean which brings me to the question of course as to what are the implications of the rules of the road vis-a-vis civil liability. So if you're looking at a situation that you're in a court scenario, and one of the questions I was actually asked last week was exactly, or maybe not exactly that, but around that scenario, and somebody, I think, if my memory serves me correctly, the question was they, they were in a private estate, that there was a car parked badly, and I think they may have reversed into the car and wanted to know whether the fact that the car was parked badly whether that would in exonerate them from reversing it. Very interesting, yeah. Which raises a couple of questions, but obviously the fact that it's a private estate, I better just make sure I'm right here, yeah, I reversed into a parked car in a private estate, the car was parked half on and half off the footpath, who is at fault is it me or the owner of the haphazardly parked car? Very. There's a lot in that, isn't there? There's a lot well, in that. Take, take the private part of it first of all. The private the estate. The private's irrelevant because is it? yes, because we're not now. If it was the criminal code that we were talking about, mm. so in other words, if we were talking about whether what your obligations are in a public road scenario, that covered by the criminal code, which is what we're talking about. What do you have to do? You have to stop your car. Mm. You have to give assistance to somebody if they need assistance. That's a requirement of the criminal code. Okay. What the question here is, is the civil code, okay. i.e. the code vis-a-vis two individuals. I own the car, you own the car, I reversed the car into your car, you park your car badly. That's not to do with criminal code mm. per se, unless you were driving dangerously. But even if you are driving dangerously and was in a private place, the question is whether or not the criminal code applies. It raises the interesting question of course about the old classic one where the fella pulls into a private space and drives like let's say uh, what do they call it you know the chicken whatever it is you know you see it in the movies sometimes people driving at each other Mm. and trying to avoid somebody chicken yeah yeah Yeah. chicken is it called is that what it's called and if somebody is in a private place 
how does the civil code deal with that? Well, the civil code would deal with it the same in a private place as it would in a public place. All right. But 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 the criminal code wouldn't deal with it in the same way. And it often arose. Now, I'm not. I don't propose. Uh, I'm not put myself up there as an expert in criminal law but I mean I do remember in my early days when I used to practice criminal law uh, the question would often arise that if you had a an accident let's say in a car park at the side of the pub what happens there is it a private place is it a public place are you amenable to the criminal code in those circumstances and the answer is you are because where it's a place where the public have access to then it's a public place per se in the context of road traffic offences okay. so that raises interesting questions right uh, so, so going back to the reversing so go back into to your the, man to reversing yeah. right and this is often I remember again in my early years when I was involved in civil cases involving you know accidents and you're there going well, I think now, when I look at that, I think that I think so and so would be wrong, and so and different opinions by different lawyers. So you'd end up, and the classic one of that, and I'm getting away a little bit from your park car scenario, but the classic one of that was in the very early days. I think I might have said it last week, or less. I was thinking it last week was that uh, I was involved in a lot of defence cases involving the PMPA. Mm the old insurance company I was all over the county and yeah. the classic accident would be the narrow country road up in Nina uh, not saying that Nina is a very country road scenario but you know what I mean when you're in very very narrow roads and you've come in one way, Paddy come in the other way and bang, smack in you have a collision I'm acting for one fellow in one car the other fellow's acting and you have this whole scenario of well I was stopped when I was hit so therefore I'm right and then you have the other guy going well I was driving along and he was so much over on his incorrect side of the road that I hit him and the amount of times I used to have argy bargy in the district court for quite a length of time with the district judge looking down at me going listen lads this is our country road there isn't enough evidence to suggest whether your man was over on the right side of the road or the wrong side of the road which brings you right back to the point that I was making last week how important it is when you are involved in an accident scenario to retain as much evidence as you can and brings me back to a point that I made last week about moving the cars. Do you remember? Uh, well, I don't expect you to remember. But mm. When I was talking about last week, I was saying you keep the cars course, yeah. in locus insofar as you can. And the point about that is there's a little nuance on that when I did a little bit further reading this week. And that is that if you... if the cars are providing are, are a danger, if you know what I mean, that you're never, or they're blocking the road to such an extent, and it isn't a serious, you know, an accident that requires the cars to be there because of the seriousness of it. Uh, and again, that's another question mm. that was asked about the guards calling to the scene, but I'll deal with that right. just in a second. But in that scenario, what the rules of the road say, which makes perfect sense when I look at it, is you mark the road. So in other words, you, you mark out on the road, if you can, where the positioning of the cars were, and or you take a photograph of the positioning of the cars, so that there shouldn't... or may not be a row later on about... Right, well, because actually, you have no, documentation. The collision yeah. occurred right in the centre of the road. Right. But that raised another question, or another question somebody raised, 
I didn't. Let me just go back to the parked car for a second. I was hoping that you might. <laughs> I forgot. So the parked car uh, then. Well, if you go back to the parked car for yes. a second, can I can I answer the question like this? I would not like to be representing the guy who reversed into the parked car because one of the fundamental principles that you will always argue in a civil action is driving with due care and attention. That's often a criminal one as well, by the way, mm. if you fail to drive with due care and attention. So if you take it that if there's an obstruction on the road of any sort, if it was a pillar, a post, a fella that had to park there because the car broke down and you reversed, the scenario there is that I would not, I would be taking the argument if I was going to toss up and say which guy was I going to act for, I'd be less inclined to act for the reversing car. Right, I'm okay. not saying that I wouldn't argue. So the if case. the guy is parked awkwardly and you reverse back yeah. into him, it's a good chance that because of not yeah. applying due but, care and attention. But, but, but. Like, but, <laughs> like, like every other legal scenario, there is always a but. Yeah. If I have to argue the case, I will argue the case because mm. obviously that's my job. And I will argue that the guy who put it there created a hazard voluntarily and not unintentionally, if you know what I mean. Right. And if you put your car in a position that's so dangerously parked that somebody can't avoid it, etc., etc. So, you know, let's right. just... Nuance and all let's of that. nuance yes. it. All right, exactly, okay. Exactly. Uh, so do you want to take one more quick question yeah, before we the, go? The other question that, that was asked was, what happens... What do you do when you have a car accident or a car crash and a guard, the guard doesn't come when you ring them, right? That raises a couple of interesting issues, right? The first, there's a practical one there, and that is that historically what would commonly be the case is that if it wasn't a very serious accident and like bear in mind serious is a relative term, if it's not a very serious accident, minor, you know, damage only, mm. It's not uncommon for the guards to say, well, look, listen, you know, in the, we're dealing with something else which mm. is much more urgent, etc., etc. If Are you happy to start out between yourselves and they don't arrive at the scene of the accident and they leave it, if you know what I mean? Mm. So they don't come and investigate the accident. The other side to that is to bear in mind your requirement or your obligations under the criminal code and one of your obligations on the criminal code in addition to keeping your car at the scene assisting people and exchanging information is to if there is damage to report the accident or give information to the relevant person at the scene of the accident so in other words if for some reason the other person drives off, let's say, you're at the scene of the accident, a collision occurs, etc. Under those circumstances, you may have a responsibility, and certainly the person who leaves the scene may have a responsibility to notify the guards and give the guards uh, details of the accident. The other side to bear in mind, or the other thing to remember as well, and I think you actually put the question to me last week, you know, what happens if you decide to sort between yourselves, etc., mm. etc., et and you don't involve, is there a requirement to tell your insurers or say it to your insurers or whatever. And funnily enough, when I was reading that between here and last week, there's two things. One thing struck me. Number one, I actually had a look at a motor insurance policy. And if you look at a motor insurance policy or policy of insurance, uh, and again, it depends on each one, but the one that I looked at just so that I was able to answer the question was that there's a, 
a kind of a general rule under the policy, a, a, a matter of contract, if you like, between you and the insurance company, that you must comply with its terms. And one of the terms in this particular policy that I was looking at was your, a requirement to notify the insurer in the event of an incident or an accident. Even if you're fixing it up Irrespective, yourself? Yeah. Oh. So in other words, now... There is a there is a kick to that, obviously, because if you let's say don't notify them, and let's say there is a claim, mm. that's when you're going to have the difficulty, because obviously the insurance company can then decide not to, if you like, honour their obligations under the policy. Now there is a complication on that because mm. they must have minimum cover. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's and, and it's for, important to point out, and I've seen this myself, John, that even if you make an agreement on the roadside that you'll fix it up among yourselves, there can be an insurance thing later correct. on because people's minds change. Correct. And, people, and if you, know. you look, uh, well said, because if you look at the blurb that's on the one of the we- websites for the insurance companies, one of the things that they say to you is, in this particular one that I was looking at, one of the things they say to you is, well, you know, you should always tell us because if you don't and if there is a subsequent claim, you could be in difficulty. Mm-hmm. And therein lies uh, the kick. Interesting. John, thanks very much indeed. Always a pleasure. John Lynch there from Lynch Solicitors in Clonmel. All right, we'll take a break and we're back with more in a moment.